1: what is going on my friends uh as you can hear in my lovely voice i am sick i'm sick yeah i like full-blown 101 degree fever uh with all the goodness that comes with that uh i was in um i was in north carolina last week down at the quiet pint doing some work with those guys um and if uh, if you guys are ever down there, it's in Winston-Salem, and it's a super cool little spot that's called The Quiet Pint. And I guess we opened it up about four or five years ago, and the chef who's down there right now does a does an amazing job. Very talented guy. His name is Jared Lee. Um, he does a real nice job, man. The food is tasty, um, and uh, they they really they bang it out out of the kitchen. They do a real nice job. The owner's name is Dave Hillman, um, super cool dude. Uh, he's from Long Island, moved down to North Carolina years ago um, to open up a spot. Down there, he's got a couple of pizza places um, that are called Burke Street Pizza as well. Hold on. I got to drink my orange juice. Give me a second here. Um, he, uh, super, super good dude. Awesome operator. Very, very loyal to his employees. Really takes really good care of them. But, uh, but we had a lot of fun while I was down there. Uh, oddly enough, I did inventory. Um, I was going down, we're doing a little bit of training with the chef and the crew that's in the kitchen because they're getting ready to open up another spot. So we're trying to get them all super organized and ready to rock and roll. And it was amazing because one of the things that I keep finding when it comes to new chefs um, or chefs that have been in the business for a while that, 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 uh, you know, are operating a couple of places, simple things like inventory goes a long way. Um, It goes away in, in some cases. So um, I wanted to talk about that. I know it sounds super boring, um, but again, sometimes we talk hospitality, and that's what we do. So we're going to talk a little bit of business before I get into a couple of other things, and I've got a super cool... Uh, uh, guest on today. But um, so here's the simple thing. There's three different types of food cost. You have a true cost, a raw cost, and a theoretical. Okay. Theoretical is, well, everything on my menu is costed out at a 26% roughly. So we should have a 26% food cost. Yes. As long as you do everything to the T. I'm talking about a tablespoon of salt in every single thing. If that's what the recipe calls for, it's about matching it exactly. You know, we know, we know by looking at stuff that chefs pick up, cooks pick up, they just start throwing stuff around. Um, you know they're 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 just kind of they're just kind of moving, which we get. It's not like we've got you know a tablespoon in every single uh, nine pan of chopped shallots, and we're leveling it off. So a theoretical is basically like it's a wild goose chase on most cases, and I find it odd because a lot of corporations run off of a theoretical. And they're they're literally chasing a food cost, and it's just not fun that way. Then you've got a raw cost. Your raw cost is purchases divided by sales, which typically your raw cost is four to six points below your true cost, and that's just because of the fact that we're not taking into account the numbers or the food that we're using um, or what we're utilizing. And utilization is the key to a great food cost. So for utilization, uh, and don't 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 hey yo, I know you're sitting there in your car right now. And you're thinking, what the fuck am I listening to? Why is this guy talking to me about food cost? I work in a doctor's office. Well, guess what? Because it's something that, that, that it's a little knowledge for you. We're going to get into some cool stuff in a minute, but give me a break here for a second. This is what I do. And I did it all last week. So our true cost is usage divided by sales. So how do you get to your usage? So it's your beginning inventory plus your purchases minus your ending inventory. Don't go away yet. I know you're at a red light and you're getting ready to turn this off, but don't go away yet. Beginning plus purchases. So it's beginning inventory plus purchases minus your ending inventory is what creates your utilization. That's what we work our numbers off of. So- Um, so any chefs that are out there listening to that, you guys should be working off of a true cost. It means doing an inventory every single week, or if your food cost is really good, you can bang out your inventory every three weeks or four weeks. But if your food cost starts to creep up again, you really want to get into that weekly so that you can nail it down. Um, that's what I do. So that's my kind of business talk real quick, um, in regards to that. And one of the reasons I say that is because, you know, after doing this in North Carolina all last week, I realized that a lot of people just, if, especially if you haven't gone to school, you just don't get that. The concept of that. Um, And the other thing is really coming down to labor you know, labor's really important when it comes to stuff. Um, I've seen some pretty crazy labors over the last couple of years. Um, you know, a lot of times chefs get into these places and they just start hiring people, you know, because they have a crazy menu and a lot of prepped items and stuff like that. But remember that in, in a good quality place where you're working and you're doing 25 grand a week, you're in your, your labor should be between 11 and 19%. Um, so anything higher than that really kind of comes into a little crazy world. So, um, okay. Okay. Uh, I'm done. Okay, you guys ready? We're good now. Let's go back to a couple of things uh, to talk about. Um, you know how I love my eater. I love getting on here and talking about all this really cool stuff. Um, reading a couple of articles this week about the fact that managers at In n Out Burger are making big bucks. Um, plus, the Pioneer Women's Restaurant is so popular um, that they're she's they're opening a hotel. So an In and Out hotel? The hell is that? Um, chain managers are bringing home about 160 thousand dollars as a general manager within a, a, uh, an in and out burger, which, which oddly enough translates to 46,377, um, double doubles per year. That's more than the average salaries of architects, lawyers, and software. Um, so that's what we got with that one. That's just kind of my little world that I've been, I've been digging into reading and doing some research on some of that stuff. Um, Monster Energy faces calls for boycott in wake of sexual misconduct lawsuits. Um, So what they're saying here is that in somewhat uh, unsurprising news, the world of energy drinks enters the Me Too era. A new report from Huffington Post accuses management at monster energy of sexual harassment, misconduct, and wrongful termination. Kind of getting weird, man. A lot of weird shit's going on these days. Um, You know, everybody's got to – I don't know. Whatever. But – all right, let's go back here for real quick. I got another one that I want to get into because it kind of touches a little bit further uh, onto some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Um, chefs, take to so, uh, chefs take to social media to mourn legendary chef Paul Bocuse, uh, which is really, you know, Paul Bocuse was was uh, he was the guy, man. Um, he was a celebrated French chef. Uh, he passed away this past weekend um, at the age of 91. Uh, he's largely credited with uh, popularizing nouvelle cuisine, the, uh, the now ubiquitous style of cooking characterized by careful presentation, light sauces, and fresh produce. Bocuse rose to the international uh, prominence in the in the 70s, and his influence spans decades. Uh, he is also considered to be one of the first celebrity chefs, uh, which is pretty cool, you know. I mean, if you think about some of the chefs that have worked underneath of him, between David Burke and um, you know a lot of these guys that are really hopping in. To um, uh, hop into social media to kind of give their give their you know thanks to this guy Jacques Torres um, was in there and and Daniel Boulot, um you know we've got a bunch of really cool guys Andrew Carminelli uh, fast uh, Frank Castrenovo um, you know there's a bunch of really cool things that are out there Emeril Lagasse um, thanking these guys Thomas Keller um, you know after they won the Bocuse de Cor- de um it's pretty cool so Wolfgang Puck and uh, you know, there's a lot of really cool things out there and it's kind of neat to see the respect, um, especially in this day and age where, um, you know, we're kind of bypassing the traditional ways of a kitchen within the the hierarchy and the way that it works. I mean, I look at resumes all the time and everybody's a chef. I've got line chefs and fry chefs and, you know, there's no longer are we cooks. We're, we're just trying to bypass that whole world and hop directly into a title, uh, which is just not fun. You know, um, there is a hierarchy that works in a kitchen and it's put there for a reason so that we can, you know, follow the simplicity of it. And a lot of times these guys are going into kitchens and they're just looking for a title. Um, I just swear to God, man, I look at resumes all the time and I look at these things and I see, uh, I, I mean, I ask, I ask people, you know, they, you were the executive chef of blah, blah, blah. Uh, why don't you talk to me about the numbers that you guys were doing? And they're like, oh, well, we did, you know, 300 covers a night. Oh, cool. So what kind of, you know, what was your food cost or, you know, what were you doing? What were your sales during that time frame? And a lot of times these guys are just going directly into, uh, you know, well, the owners didn't share that with me or, uh, you know, I wasn't privy to numbers when I was going into these things. So, you know, if you're an exec, uh, you need to, you need to know the numbers, man. That's just kind of the way that this whole thing works. So, um, my next uh, kind of conversation about a lot of this stuff is is kind of weird. It, it's a neat little article that's talking about why gay bars are disappearing across America. Um the editor-in-chief of Into, Zach Stafford, discusses how queer spaces must adapt to survive. Um, a confluence of la- of factors contribute to the rapid disappearance of gay bars and queer spaces across America. According to Zach Stafford, editor-in-chief of Grinders magazine, Into, uh, many blame dating apps as the digital access to potential partners um, um, obviates the need for real-life flirting. And as Stanford, Stafford notes in this week's episode of the Eater Upsell podcast, uh, which is pretty cool. If you've ever listened to it, it's kind of neat. Uh, people can make any space um, through the, the apps, a gay bar, a gay club, and and ne- kind of now understand that gay people are everywhere. Um, so also changing bars as we know them across the country is gentrification and a pressure to cater to straight audiences and sell them caricatures of what pop culture says a gay bar should be. So um, my next guest is, uh, is, is a really cool dude. And oddly enough, uh, this article kind of goes into that. And we're going to discuss this a little bit. Um, his name is Michael Munoz, and he's on Instagram and Twitter as um, The Kitchen Gally, Gaily, G A I L Y. I met Michael about six or seven years ago through social media. And oddly enough, I, I, I hopped a train and I went up to New York uh, for his birthday. Um, and we've been friends ever since. Uh, really, really nice guy. Um, with just a, a huge amount of, of. Of personality, and I, I really have always enjoyed following what it is that he does. And he's just a down-to-earth, really cool guy um, who's kind of got his—he's his, his, you know, kind of got the pulse of what goes on in New York and, and in the gay uh, community up there. So, um, so everybody, do me a favor, uh, put your hands together. You know the world that we live in, where I talk about it. We are no strangers to cursing, so get the kids out of the car. Um, even though I'm sick, we're still going to go pretty hardcore on this one. Um, but uh, you know, let's uh, let's put your hands together. Turn the radios up and get the kids out of the car. And uh, let's talk to my friend, uh, Michael Munoz, also known as the Kitchen Galley. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Great, great. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm a little under the weather. All okay. right,
0: all right. Well, you and me both. You and me both. I have the, <laughs> the... What do you call it? The clap? No, not the no, clap. Not the clap. That's a whole different <laughs> no, program. The clap. Yes, uh, the croup. The, that's the word I was looking at. You have group, the croup? The clap. What, the, what the fuck yeah, is the that's croup? That's the thing. The croup is, is like, didn't you grow up like, it's like a bird for like, you know, phlegmy, coffee stuff. Infection of the upper you know? airway, which obstructs breathing
1: and causes a characteristic barking cough. That's what the Mayo Clinic that's right. says. Well, see? So it's a word. It's a, it's a thing. I, and oddly enough, it's not spelled C-R-O-O-P. It's C-R-O-U-P.
0: Well, there you go. Now you learn something new every day, right?
1: Dude, I, you know what? I have learned from you. I have. And I've learned from you for the last couple of years. I've watched. I've followed you. Um, so what, when when, did, when was your birthday? What did we meet? What, how many years ago was that?
0: Uh, that wasn't my birthday. Actually, that was a... Um, an event for my first blog that I had a million years ago. Um, that was 2010. I want to say.
1: Are you kidding me? Seven years ago.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And now, 2010. Uh, it was yeah. It was a huge. It was a huge event that I threw for my blog. And um, I'm making sure you can hear me first. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're-
1: you're good so far, man. Just keep that keep that good self-signal s- going, and you're ready to rock and roll, so. Oh,
0: I'm ready. Um, so, yeah, uh, you met me um, a good, like I said, like maybe seven years ago, yeah. and um, it was for the first blog. I threw this huge event um, at this restaurant and had all these sponsors and whatnot. And I'll never forget meeting you because... You and Jill, and you brought an entire like entourage of people with you. You drove down, you drove down for uh, from Philly. Yep, to meet basically to meet a stranger. I totally did. Sounds like a a Tinder date gone wrong, but no, it didn't go wrong at all because we're still friends. (laughs) Because we're still friends, we are, we are. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, so I was very appreciative of that. And I tell that story all the time, actually, because. It floored me that uh, you you were one of the people that like kind of went out of your way to be like, hey, what's this guy doing? He's yeah. he's doing something over here. Something's something's happening. Something's moving. I want I want to see what's going on. Right? Maybe hop on board with this. So it was you know, cool. Thank you for that. No, because I remember I remember sure. we it, it was through Twitter. It Original. was through Twitter because yes, because Twitter back then was was the it thing now I feel like we've moved on to like more of an Instagram sort of based world, Instagram, Snapchat. I'm not a know? Snapchat guy, though. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm I not a huge. It for a minute. Yeah.
1: I, I still have it, but I don't do I don't snap. But it's like we kind of have to like I snap with my daughters.
0: OK, well, but that that's that's a different thing. That's more familial, you know, um, yeah, yeah. there is a great. Uh, there's a great Snapchat dress out there. I think that's what she calls herself. That's made uh, quite a mark. Um, and she's also a food person named Vicki Winters. She does a lot of great things. Um, and she's all about town and everywhere. Well, connect uh, me with her. I like to talk to people that are about um, town. Yeah, she's about town and she's, she's a little kooky and uh, she's really, really great though. She's, um, just running around town, and she's always traveling, and always eating, and always meeting people, and uh, she's made quite is, a name for herself on, on the is Snapchat. she New Yorker? She is a New Yorker. She cool. is. Uh, she's, she's really great, and I don't know. Listen, I have a lot of energy, and I'm always running around, but this woman <laughs> is running around, right, always on her bike, always with her snap spectacles, or whatever you call them. Right.
1: Um, you know? And what's, so, well, for, okay, let's, let's do, this. do this. Let's do this. Because now we're promoting somebody else. Let's promote you oh, for yeah. a second. So why don't you tell everybody who's listening how they can get in touch with you?
0: So right now, the website is under a uh, new construction, and there's a lot of new things happening in my life that I'm about to tell you about. But right now, you can find me at Twitter and at Instagram at the kitchen TheKitchenGaily. That's daily with a G. The Not Kitchen a, Gailey, you know now, and so that's where you can find me right now.
1: Now wasn't Pardon there it. wasn't there like some sort of scandal with the Kitchen Gailey
0: before? There was a, no, there was a scandal with my other name um, that I've had to like let go. Some people. It was uh, the cliff notes of it all is that it dealt with uh, intellectual property and trademark law, and these people found. Like found me, loved what I was doing, and they were like, "We want that." So they trademarked it out of under me. Really? And uh, yes, it's crazy that people will just go out there and do this. And no, I, I've done that in the to, past. I trademarked.
1: To, oh, it. Oh, really? That's, I, I mean, I, oh, I own like, like Duffified is trademarked. Not that anybody. I mean, that's not okay. like the Kitchen galley. No, but, but what, uh, what was it before? The other, name,
0: the other name was the Gay Gourmet. Gay Gourmet. That's right. What it yeah. Yes. Remember. Remember him. Uh, rest <laughs> in peace. That's how we met. <laughs> That's how we met. But um, yeah, it was it was really it was a really really crazy time in my life. And the lawyers were like, "It's going to cost upwards of fifty grand to take people to court. Do you really want to spend all this money?" And so right. I just had to let him go and let him die. You know. Bester. So, you know, the you, the universe. I'm, I'm a firm believer. The universe has you on Mark. Like, Full speed traje- trajectory, you can call it like Ganesh, Allah, God, the universe. Like, there's a full trajectory, so I'm yeah. good, you know. I'm good. Well, good, I'm glad. Now, I do
1: remember that the time I will never forget because I was telling this story to my daughter actually yesterday about the fact that I was going to be interviewing you and that we were going to have mm-hmm. a quick conversation. I was telling her. I said, and the funny part was we didn't know each other. Like we had just met through social media. And I remember my brother was in town. He was at that point, he was like senior VP of programming at Spike. And uh, we, and and I, we were like, you know, like you and I had gone back and forth and, and you and sent me the invitation. And I told my, my girlfriend at that time, like, Hey, we're mm-hmm. going to New York, we're going to this guy's party. And man, I'll tell you what, we walked into that bar and I remember you were wearing like a purple Velvet jacket with white thing. lace with like white lace cuffs, and it, I was like, was, "I want to fucking I want to
0: hang out with this dude more." It was that was crazy. I had randomly met that um, that year randomly because the blog really snowballed back then. Um, that's when you could really get into this. Like that was probably the end of like getting into the blogging game. Um, And like really having to take off, because I feel like now you have to be so niche with what you're doing that like it's it's really hard to break into that world. But back then, randomly, I started getting getting invited to all these fashion events, and I met this fashion designer named Min Huen, and he was like, "I love you. Why don't you you're having this party? Why don't you just come through my collection and borrow something? I mean, I had to sign my life away." Um, if I ruined any of those clothes, no. but it was, it was crazy. And it was a crazy outfit. And I was like, why not? Yeah. Why not? If someone's, uh, someone's doing this for me, why, why not? It was great. It was really great. Yeah. Really great. And now that you mentioned your brother and Spike TV. Yes. That, that was also a big thing that, uh, that part, that was a good party. That party was popping. That was a great party, man. You know, we had a blast. Was, I mean,
1: we, yeah. were, we were boozing. and we, uh, You guys had great gift bags. Give away a brownie oh mix or pancake mix. See, dude, uh, you, like I remember this mix. shit.
0: You, <laughs> yeah. you are just taking me like it's flashback. After flashback. <laughs> I live in 120 square feet in times square, 120 square feet. It's probably the size of some of y'all's walking closets and whatnot. And we packed over a hundred gift bags and I made all those red velvet, uh, uh, pancake mixes in this apartment there was no room to walk much less sleep in this place it, this was just this was just yep
1: what did you pay seven years ago for an apartment in Times Square that was 120 square feet
0: uh, um I I found a cute little deal right that's nice. a little rent controlled oh, so I am I am living large and Work in the system here, right? So you still um, live there? Live in large. Yeah, I still live here. Dude, that's... I, live I was just up there, there yesterday. Years. Oh, really? And yeah, nice. Thanks for calling. Thanks
1: for calling, somebody. Dude, I'm so you know?
0: sick. I didn't know what I was doing, man. <laughs> I had to
1: shoot. I had a meeting in Jersey City because I'm going to be doing the project in Jersey City, and then I had mm-hmm. uh, my daughter and I were in Soho all morning. We went shopping. We go up. So we went to lunch there. We actually ended up going to dinner there, and then I had to shoot in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. For Food Network, so uh, yeah. I ended up in Times Square because I had to drop uh, I had to drop spices off for an Emmy gift bag at uh, at yeah. the Marriott Marquis, which is probably right around the corner from where you live.
0: Yeah, it is right around the corner from where I live. Yeah, um, are they doing any things at the Marriott? How lovely! They're doing a party there. I mean, I can I can
1: I can ask my friend to get you in. Um, yeah. Hello.
0: All right, cool. um, totally. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call up Nin again. <laughs> Get a and new jacket. Nin remember I, need, I well, need another outfit. <laughs> you gotta let Nin know. You gotta let Nin
1: know that uh, that 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 jacket made such an impact that I remembered it. I mean, I told my daughter about it yesterday. Like we full blown had a yeah, conversation. It
0: was about. a blazer. It was like a black velvet blazer that he like slit the sleeves so they looked kind of like a cape, and in the inside it was purple. <laughs> I I have to I have to look up. I have to find pictures of that. I have to go through the archives. Yeah, there's got to be a picture. There there are tons of pictures, but that was a choice for sure. Yeah. Seven years ago. (laughs) But there's got to be, and I think there's got to be a picture of you and I because we took pictures that night
1: because you had a photographer there as well.
0: Uh, Yes. Oh my God, that was scandal too. But I paid for a photographer and then he never showed up. And then thank God, thank God, a girlfriend had was a photographer as well and she brought her camera. She saved my life that night. She brought her she did. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So well that just goes to show you with these kinds of things, you know? Anything Step Murphy's Law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong and you just have to kinda
1: roll with the punches. Life is too short, my friend, to sit back and, and 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 deal with all the bullshit you know there's too much other stuff that we have going on that's really cool well so you and i have one one we have a couple of things in common obviously the love for food and that sort of stuff and but we have another thing in common because i'm looking at your twitter uh, page right now and you were on a marquee in times square
0: oh yeah um for christmas i was working with the post on um, the United States Postal Service to help bring um Christmas to the kids uh in Puerto Rico. So that was a feat and a half but we but we made like a big impact. We sent like so many uh boxes over um and so that was their closing event at the Nasdaq that I got invited to. And I was on a billboard in Times Square. You know, nice.
1: Yeah, I had one years ago. Now, hold on. So, so how, what did you what did you do to make that to make that happen with the post office? I mean, did you like did you walk into a post office and say, "Hey, I want to send a bunch
0: of packages to kids"? No. So every year, the post office does uh, something called Operation Santa, where main post offices. There's about like twenty twenty five of them around the uh, United States collect letters to santa from needy areas um, in their districts and we as pedestrians can go rifle through those letters pick them up um buy the gifts basically act as santa claus and then bring them back to the post office and the post office gets them to the children i've been doing it uh as a new yorker for probably about 15 years and wow so dude, that's year, awesome man i've uh, started this year right before thanksgiving I kind of started to do some research if like the post office was going to jump on board with this, if they're doing anything and they weren't, and I love my contacts at the post office now, but everybody knows, you know, the post office isn't like the easiest place to, uh, you know, deal with. Everybody has post office stories, you know? So finally, after much calling and much pestering and much just yelling at people, I was heard and they were like, "Hey, this guy really does have this great idea," and so they brought me on board as quote unquote honorary elf of the year, and um, just to help get this word out. And um, I did a press tour for them, just to let everybody know their um, their normal numbers. And I'm still waiting for their statistics from this year, but their normal numbers are the uh, New York alone received something like 500,000 letters, and only something like 5 percent of them. Those letters get answered. Really, so it's not a lot, right? Yeah, it's crazy, and and they broke some records this year. I heard, like from, like just all the press and everything getting nice. getting going, and all those Puerto Rico letters were answered, and so um, yeah, that's cool, man. You know, um, it was great. It was a lot of work. It was so much work, but I was happy to do it, and yeah, it was really really incredible. Just a, an incredible experience to give back to help people. That need it. Um, I'm I'm New Yorkeran myself, so like I still have family over there, and so you know. And it's not like I'm swimming in money over here, so I can't really like. I'm no Bethany Frankel. I can't like hire planes and start bringing. Like, supplies, but, <laughs> exactly. You know. Um, it, it really it really did. What's the word I'm looking for? It really did like. Just I don't um, renew. Or it just reinstated. There's a word in there I'm looking for, and I can't think. Um, yeah, we're sick. Yeah, we we have an excuse. We're sick. One, yeah, the, you as one person can really make a difference if you set out to do it. You know? Right.
1: Sure. I totally so agree with that it. Was, I mean, you know it's it's about it's about taking taking time out of your day to do something for somebody else. You know? And yeah. and, and, no, and it's just, feel good all just around. Make a
0: difference. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, feel for good sure. all around. I mean, For sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, I have, you know, because of the, and we don't have to get into politics at all, but like just because of like everything that's happening in the world right now, the, and people having so many complaints about so many things, well, go out and do something about it. Go out and make a difference. You can. And I, I really lived at this holiday season that, you know, never thinking that like, oh, I'm just, I'm just little old me in my 120 square foot apartment, you know? Um, (laughs) But it's 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 really true. You, if you set out to do it, you really can can change things and and really make a difference. So it was great. It was a great uh, holiday season. I mean, I didn't stop until the New Year. So, but it was it was fantastic, you know. And I, I wouldn't change anything for the world. Well, that's cool, man. All right, so let's talk about
1: um, some of the other stuff that you have going on. So you had said that you're kind of you're you're working on a lot of things right now. So what else are you working on?
0: There are, I do, I'm a man of many hats. Uh, I used to perform a lot. um, And as a performer, you're like in and out of restaurants, as I'm sure it it just goes. And, you know, and then um, I started this blog that took off and I left performing and then the blog went down and all sorts of things happened. And so like just many life changes. And for a while I was baking custom cakes. Um, I was self-taught. I am self-taught, I should say. Out of a and, out of 120 uh,
1: square foot space, you're baking cakes as well.
0: Uh, uh, yes. I don't Jeez. think the health department would like to hear that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I They're was.
1: They're not listening to us. And they don't know where you live, so we're good.
0: <laughs> For sure. Um, even though I don't think that that's ha- that hard to find out, um, but I stopped. I made a, I made a wedding cake that like killed me. Literally, like it took a week and it was the cake that killed me. And I was like, you know what? This isn't really enjoyable for me anymore, but I was doing it for a while. Um, and so, and then I started like personal chefing for a while. So now I'm, so now I'm moving on to like the next phase of my life. Um, I've started like demoing products and things. Um, I really wanted to get into like that field and really kind of hone the blog, um, or, maybe just the Instagram into more, more demo style, more, uh, teaching the kids, you know, that you can do this too. That's always been my kind of my MO, um, especially as a theater person and traveling around and being in all sorts of like places in this country and abroad with casts of people that like, just, Oh, I can't cook. I don't cook. Well, yeah, you can, you just, you just don't want to like, or you just, Think it's harder than it actually is, you know. So, yeah, I'm no, absolutely. Put, yeah, I kind of want to put that out there more and my face out there more because I just don't think um, there are a lot of people that look like me doing this, Does right. That makes sense. No, it absolutely you know? does. 100%. There's, there's, um, and once again, with the climate of the world and things that are happening, like, there's little kids that that need somebody to look up to be like hey he's not a celebrity he's not a model he's, he's this guy doing this thing and he's like me you know right So okay. I, mean, I think that's really really just important and so that's the trajectory that I'm on right now and so I'm revamping just the blog site so that's there and I'm creating another site under my name so to like kind of just kind of gather everything into one place. Well, I have a woman that you should talk to. She
1: owns a company called My City Gives, and she is all about giving back and doing that. And she puts together events, uh, kind of all over the country. I mean, I've done some really cool stuff with her. I cooked for the. How can I? How, how do I put this? Have you? Do you remember the movie Grey Gardens?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, with, so I uh, cooked Drew
0: Barrymore and exactly. um, what was her name? Yeah. Yeah. Who was the? Um, Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. So I cooked at Grey Garden. Uh, chef, you're, ta- you're talking to you're talking to a big gay man here. Of course, I <laughs> know Grey Garden. Dude, you know
1: what's so funny is I'm on your. I'm, I'm actually on your Twitter. The, one of the first pictures you have up here is share. Like, why not, man? You know, like you're you're, every, you're really you're staring, on my Twitter. Yeah, right here, you put it up oh. 20
0: hours ago. You retweeted oh. a share oh. picture. Uh, what, was I drinking?
1: I don't know, man. I wasn't with you. <laughs> it says mother told me a couple years ago, sweetheart, settle down and marry a rich man. I said, Mom, I am a rich oh, man. Oh yes, that's
0: right.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean share share is mother, after all. That I do. Well yeah, but is is it kind of ma is it share or so then I guess Gaga would be like she'd be like the Oh the, no. That those are
0: that's different people. So I mean, that's those are the, the millennials, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm of I'm of the Cher Madonna age, you know, but I'm still I'm still I'm more of a Madonna age person, but I'm I'm an old soul, so I'm I'm definitely like a Diana Ross Cher sort of Karen Carpenter as like these wow. women. Were wow. You're digging the women. deep. Dude. You're digging deep. You know, Karen Carpenter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've only just got.
0: We have only just begun.
1: (laughs) My life's motto. So I absolutely have to connect you to Katie Everett. I really want to, I think that, cause here's my world. Like you're talking about, you know, having like, you have a voice and people pay attention to your voice and, and, and whether you're a celebrity or a chef or, or whatever it is that you do in, in the world, we're all given a voice and we have an opportunity to do things for other people. Some of us take advantage of that and we, and we, and by take advantage, I don't mean like we take advantage of it. What I mean is we utilize that voice, you know, to, to bring good to other people's lives. And I try to do that as much as I can. Although, you know, I mean, I'm still a chef at heart. I'm still a dick. But, um, mm-hmm. but I try to do things for other people. That's just kind of the way that I work. So I really think that you and Katie would hit it off. And I think that, I mean, like I said, I've, i you know, I cooked at gray gardens, man. Like I cooked for, uh, the woman whose husband released the story or published the story. They owned the Washington post and they released oh, wow. the story yeah, of uh, Watergate. And this wow. woman bought this house, I don't know how many years ago, but she bought it directly from the original owners. So whoever Jessica Lang played, she bought it from them. Mm-hmm. One of the deals that she had when she bought the house was that the, they had to restore the house. And I want to tell you, seriously, Michael, I want to tell you, I think they bought it for like $250,000. Oh,
0: and it's gorgeous. In the Hamptons. Absolutely it's gorgeous. Stunning. But yeah. It just went on sale again did it really not that long ago yeah um cause i was in randomly i was in a, an elevator with drew barrymore oh, um, I, so she's random ass. she's so badass. random like her and her crew and i was like oh hey and we got to talking and somebody mentioned i no i said to her i just saw you um the other night because i had just re-watched the movie i was like i just saw you on my tv the other night i feel like i conjured you and she goes, oh, my God, did you like it? And I said, yeah. And I go, you know, Great Gardens is uh, for sale again. And she said to me, I feel like I should buy it and turned it into, like, a big gay disco. And I said, <laughs> I I will be your first investor. I have $5 in my pocket. Let's do this. Right. You know? But she was, a, she was a hoot in the elevator, and then she had to run to do whatever
1: she was doing, you know? Oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. One of the things, so they had, like, 30 cats that lived in the house. And mm-hmm. she was saying that, that when it and, it, and it didn't hit me, but when I was up there, so I'm highly allergic to cats. And when I was up there, I got really bad. Like my eyes started to get real red and my eyes started to water. She was saying that her husband, when he lived there would, I guess he passed away. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, but he would get really sick because of the fact that there was still like cat urine that was in the beams of the house. And then whenever it rained, it would cause like the scent, that odiferous kind of world, to come out. And her husband whenever, and it poured rain that whole day, that whole afternoon that we did this event. Oh, but it was, no. it was it was it was it, pretty cool, man. The house didn't stink though, did it? Oh, it smelled like cat cat piss the whole at like the whole night. Oh. The you funny how- thing the woman who had the, the house, she was a very nice lady. Her son has a learning disability, and he has taken his disability and turned it into um, like a like a project where it's about raising awareness for, for people with disabilities. And his disability is is a learning disability. It's very severely mm-hmm. ADD and ADHD and all that stuff. But it was it was really kind of cool to it was a neat like to be in a historic house like that. And and what I'm trying to get to is to be in a historic house like that with with Katie, you know, and watch what she does was really cool. So that's just why I think that you guys, I will connect you guys and, and we'll, we'll make sure that, that we can do something because I think
0: it'd be fun, you know? Yeah, that, that'd so. be great. And, um, Lord knows I can throw it down in the kitchen. I mean, I'm no, I'm no trained chef like you, but I've, I've, I've won my fair share of blogger awards or fan favorites here. Nice. So, you nice. know, I always have something up my sleeve. So what are you or so, down my pants?
1: so it's funny you said about it about a gay bar you said that you know the largest gay nightclub or whatever and i was just reading an article in eater and it's why gay bars are disappearing across america and what did they have to say oh boy Uh, A confluence of factors contribute to the rapid disappearance of gay bars and queer spaces across America, according to Zach Stafford, uh, editor-in-chief of Grinders magazine, Into. Many blame dating apps as the digital access to potential partners um, obviates the need for in-real-life flirting. And as Stafford notes on this week's episode, he does a podcast, by the way, it's called The Eater Upsell Podcast. People can make Mm -hmm. any space through the gay apps, a gay bar, a gay club, and you know and and you kind of now understand that gay people are everywhere, which is weird that that sentence is there, but also changing I, gay. I, bars. Uh, Go, ahead.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I just I I can't I, I stay away from articles like this because there, it's I don't know it's I feel like it's clickbait, you know. Um, in well, the sure. It's a, part, I mean, like, that's oh, first thing rights. anybody's yeah. going to click on. Anybody? Yeah, gay Woman bars are <laughs> disappearing, and I don't. I don't really, I I don't really agree. I think, um, just knowing in my personal single life that like, um, I, I get rid of the apps, um, on a frequent basis because I'm just over it. I, once again, am of an era, probably like, I'm just of the last people of that era where we had to use pay phones. We didn't have, we didn't have all of this. Like if you wanted to meet somebody, you you would call them from your landline and be like, be, be here at this time," and then you would just stand there and wait. You know, there was no, "Oh, I'm running late," or if you didn't show up, right? You didn't know what happened? Uh, X, Y, and Z. And I, I, see. I mean, I go out. i go out fairly often, and there's uh, a lot of these places are going nowhere anytime soon. You know, and yeah. I mean, the, look at look at the West Village. There are some of a uh, some of it's gone, but like. The monsters, Stonewall, Julius—I mean, just three that have been there for ever, decades, decades. Yeah. Julius is the first gay bar in the city, and it's—it's it's been there forever. Well, we have—we've so got
1: a—we've got a boatload of great gay bars, and I mean, we have the hood in Philly. You know, we've got a mm-hmm, huge amount. Have, have you been down here? Yeah, I. And you didn't I call
0: me. School. See, I love no, a gay bar. Dude. I didn't know you. I didn't know you back then. I went to school in Princeton, New Jersey. Not oh. at Princeton, in Princeton. <laughs> and we, uh, she ain't that smart. <laughs> yeah. um, and we'd uh, head over to Philly all the time. Philly and New
1: Hope. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we have a great, we we have a great so I mean, the whole neighborhood's awesome. And I don't know, you haven't been here in a long time, but actually now they have the pride, like they have street signs that are pride flag. Oh, that's great all the gay bar and actually like crosswalks are, are, um, during certain periods of the year. It's, it's the, the pride flag that grows yeah. across, but we've got a bunch of great, I actually, I, this is a funny story. You, you'll, you'll probably enjoy this. There's a, there's a gay bar in Philly that I was contacted. They wanted to change their menu up. So, you know, here's me. Um, um, I, you know, I, I, I walk in and, uh, they have an Irish pub on the first floor and it's a gay Irish pub, which is kind of weird if you think about it because of Irish Catholic and whatever. Mm-hmm the 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 you know the stigma of that and and the way that a lot of Irish Catholics were raised alone in the Catholic church. But it was just kind of funny that it was an Irish pub on the first floor. The second and third floor were a great nightclub. An awesome nightclub. Like the best fucking music, great drinks, just an awesome time. And I remember going in to do my kind of um evaluation of the property. And so I walk in and I go in and I and I go upstairs and I sit down with the owner of the club and he looks at me and he says, I want to let you know right off the bat I'm not gay. Okay, I'm not gay. Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that. He's like, I'm bisexual, but I'm not gay. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, no big deal. So he's like, we, he's like, got to go down to the why, kitchen. Why did, why did you need that, that information to begin with? But go ahead. I have no idea. I, I'm not quite sure why he chose to uh-huh. tell me that. He did. Um... So we go downstairs and the kitchen is in the basement and there are two guys that are working in the kitchen and I'm kind of watching service for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm watching them execute the food. They're putting it in the window. They're garnishing it. They're doing all this stuff. And in walks this guy and he had on Robin underoos right. and a waitress apron, you know, like the diner waitress, like the one with the rounded pocket mm-hmm. fit like 15 pens in yeah. the whole nine yards. And he stands in the kitchen and I'm looking over at him and I'm thinking, okay, there are so many health violations that are being broken right now. One, he's got no shirt on. He's got no shoes on. He's working the club in no shoes. It was just, it was just the funniest kind of scenario that I'm sitting in and uh, the guy, I was too expensive for the guy uh, when I gave him my, my final kind of menu price, I was too expensive mm-hmm. for him, but I always wished I did that. And then I had another guy out and uh, I've had a couple of guys that, that own gay bars across the country that have asked me to do menus for them and training and all that stuff. So I've had some, I'm, you know, I've got my, I've got my finger on the
0: pulse. I'm okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, next time you're in the city, we should do, we should do a tour of the food of the, of the gay bars. I think there's only like two that serve food. And one being the first gay bar in the city, it's a greasy spoon. And I've, me and my big mouth, I'm always like, they haven't cleaned that grease trap since 1926. That's why it's so good. And the little, like the little uh, chef guy back there always gets mad at me for it because he's like, I clean this every night. <laughs> you know? But um, it's, it's so good. You know, it's just like burgers and fries and <clears throat> things like that. And then there's, there's another one that's, um you know, a little gastro puppy that's the burger is really exceptional. You know, I know you're a burger man, I love you it. know, they they may not stuff it like
1: you, but right. it's still good. You know, well, I'm up there next Thursday I'm, night. So why don't how you many times we, have you heard that? <laughs> Trust me. Hey, you know what? I heard it. I heard it uh, two and a half million times on every one of them that they sold. So I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, they may not stuff it like you. Yeah, but <laughs> what I'm uh, sorry, I'm coughing in, in your ear here. What I want to do, though, is I'm up there next Thursday. So we're going to go – a group of us are going to go out, me and another chef and a couple of friends of mine. Um, my daughter may join us. I'm not 100% sure yet. But if you'd like to join us for dinner, I'd love to have you come out for dinner with us wherever we end up. We, I've got one yeah, guy. for named, sure. I've got a guy named Akhtar Nawab who is an Indian chef who owns a Mexican restaurant. Um, so and his food is just absolutely it's 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 beautiful. His food is very 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 well created. So um, so I will reach out to you prior to getting up there. Um, I'm doing the Today Show on Friday morning, so um, we will uh, we'll, we'll we'll maybe we'll try to hook up and, and grab some dinner.
0: Yeah, for sure. Not, uh, get you get you plastered before you're like four well, o'clock in the morning call.
1: That's not that's oddly enough. I am 46 years old, and I've learned not to do that. Before I do the Today Show the next morning. One, I look like shit. Two, I sound like shit. And three, I you know, it just doesn't work for me anymore. So. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Not that guy. But but I'm no stranger to going out. Actually, I'm a, I'm having an appearance at Mohegan Sun this weekend for the Sun Wine uh, Food and Wine Festival, which is a beautiful weekend. Mm-hmm. They talk about they treat they treat chefs like rock stars up there, man, like How's absolute that? rock stars. I fly up third Friday morning as long as I'm not as sick as I am right now. Uh, but I fly up Friday morning and then uh, I mean it's just we have a huge dinner Friday night that Jasper White out of uh, Boston puts on, and um, it's a really really great weekend. So so but awesome. Right, Are you a big so gambler? No, you know, you know what's funny? As I sit here talking to you, I reach over and I have hold on. One hundred twenty five fifty, two hundred and seventy-five dollars worth of chips from Mohegan Sun that have been sitting on my dresser or on my desk for three years. So no, I'm not a big gambler. You know what I do? I know I'll go up and say, Okay, I'm gonna lose two hundred and fifty dollars and I'll lose two fifty. And then that's it. Wow. You know I'm not gonna go up yeah. and say Lose two fifty and then drop a grand.
0: Yeah, I've never. It's never appealed to me. I mean, we were. I was just in New Orleans a couple months ago, and uh, some people I was with were, you know, pretty big gamblers. And I sat down at the a blackjack table. I'm like, I have fifty dollars for this, and only fifty bucks. So once it's gone, it's gone. You know. Uh, I just, you know, there's no joy in it for me. See, I play,
1: I play to play. So if I go in with two, so let's say that I bet $10 on a blackjack hand. And let's say that I win that hand by beating the dealer. So I get, what do I get back, 20? So mm-hmm. I bet, so if I win, so if I bet 10 and I win 10, that means that I just won $20. My next bet will be 15. And if I win again on 15, that means I get 30. Then I bet five mm-hmm. more. And then I bet 20 on a $30 win. So I play to play. I, I know that I'm going to lose. It's not like, I'm. and I've interviewed like Phil Hellmuth, who is like, this is a guy who, who's trying to do, I think he's trying to do a hundred million dollars in charity. Like he's a, wow. he's a gambler, dude. I interviewed a great chick a couple of weeks ago who was like a hardcore, she is hardcore like gambler um she lives in vegas the whole nine yards she's a big gambler
0: i just i just don't like that's i work too talent. hard for my money
1: i work too hard for my money. yeah
0: i i work I, that's that's my uh line of thinking i work so hard for this money and the funny thing is i'm here i'm sitting at this blackjack table with like people are throwing down like a few hundred dollars etc cetera, yeah. et cetera. and me with my 50 dollars, i was last man standing yeah well you because you play frugally That's the way to
1: do it. That's how I see it. I mean, I like to. I like the the atmosphere. I like that I get a free drink. I like the surly kind of bartender waitress who walks by and she's like, "Who needs a cocktail?" Like, I'm cool with that. Yeah, (laughs) you know, like I like that, and I tip my dealers and and um. But but Mm -hmm. Michael, I'm an asshole because I double down on thirteen. So Um. I'll like if I'm playing blackjack and I've got a thirteen because because like fuck it.
0: I mean, now, look, yeah, if I've, like I, two- I've learned to be um, a big ass at the blackjack table, too, because I'll take the last seat and I don't really know how to play. <laughs> like, I know how to play. I get I get I get the I get 20, I get right. it like right. the basics. But like there's certain rules, especially when you're in that last seat of things to do and things not to do. And right. so people will yell at me. People will get up and leave. People, you know, yeah, the dealer will yell at me. And I'm like, well, you know. Well, Well, and I love the dealers who
1: are like, are you sure you want to hit on that one? You know, like, and and, and if they say that to me, like whenever I double down on 13, I don't take their advice, but whenever any other time that I make up, if I, if I go for a hit and if you have a really good dealer, look, we're not all professional gamblers. Okay. We're not all sitting at the high roller tables. We're not playing mong shung or whatever the hell the name of that game, you know, whatever that game is. What is that game? What's that Asian game? Mahjong? Mahjong. mahjong. You know, I'm mahjong not in there. With the, t- with, with the tiles? With the tiles, yeah. Like, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I never will be that guy. I'll never be invited to the high roller ma- table. Wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. Is Mahjong a big gambling game, like, in, the, th- th- in the casinos? Is I that a so. thing?
1: Isn't it Mahjong? M-A-H-J-O-N-G. Mahjong. Yeah, yeah. it is, dude. It yeah. is.
0: It's all really, over the- I've never seen that. I've only played it with my brother's mother-in-law, who's Filipino, and she sat down, and I was playing with his in-laws, like, you know, the grandmas and whatnot. Um, you know, cause I'm living my best old lady life and I just never thought of it as like a big gambling game. I think it is. It's <laughs> like
1: it's super high roller, isn't it? Mahjong. Wow. I, uh, I, you would know better than I at this point. You know what though? But I could just be speaking out of my ass and have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, um, Mahjong high roll. I have no idea. You know what? Somebody's going to tell us. So whoever's out there listening to this, somebody school us in what the high roller game is that's played in the casinos. Because well, apparently
0: we don't know. It. We have.
1: No- that's how much. That's how good we are. At we are clueless. We know the names you of the talking games. Talking out of our ass You know. Um. That's funny. Oh, here we go. Casino mahjong. Here we go. Poker guru. Oh, this is like. What is this? Yeah, this is like a high roller game, dude. Look at this, Rakish Rashad at the High Rollers Poker Room, G Tender with the casino. Mo- but it's always like Korean, Vietnamese, Filipino. Like it's always in that Asian kind of yeah world that's in there. I don't know. I'm just not that guy. I, I don't. I don't understand it, so I don't need to play it. Um, by the way, while we were talking, I have I did Google um, how large is 120 square feet.
0: Yeah. Ten by twelve. That my bathroom is almost as big as my apartment.
1: Wow, that's crazy, dude. And so, what do you
0: have? You have like a twin bed or like a queen? Oh no, um, it's got a Murphy no, bed. I am the queen, and I have a full. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't make me laugh that hard, man, because I have too much stuff going on inside of my sick body.
0: That's not fair. So, um, um all listen, right, well, Let okay. me tell you. For people are amazed at. The the little setup I have here, Um, it's super cute. I have from my um, from my popular bo- blogging days. Uh, I have you know people send you things. You go to events. They they give you like knives and pots and pans and and then I use the custom cake bake. So I have like the high end like cake pans and my KitchenAid and and all things. I have so much cookware. I have more cookware than anybody I know. Wow, that lives in New York City, and and where are you in this just, in this huh? Is it in like it storage? No, it all fits. No storage. Get out of here, storage. Storage. No, it all no. fits. Good. No, nope, it all fits. Everything's here. Well, know, I want you. Over-
1: I want you to take a picture of your apartment and uh and send it to me, Instagram or Twitter.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you for private
1: viewing. All right, sure. that's fine. That's fine. You have my number. You can text it to me. So, all right, good.
0: You know, I will. I will text it to you for private viewing. All right. Well, Michael, we got to you know, fly. Only, only you and the tricks get to see the the apartment. The tricks love it. Love. <laughs> it. Um,
1: all right. So I got to fly. Uh, I, I will, uh, I'll reach out to you. I'll let you know about Thursday night, what's happening, where we're going and all that stuff. I know we had a conversation about possibly going to Mercer Kitchen or um, over to Actar's place for the Mexicans. So, but I will, do- I'll totally let you know. Yeah. Um, you get to meet my for buddy, sure. Jason for Santos. Sure, I love that. Have you ever, Do you know who Pardon? Jason Santos is? No. He's no. awesome. He's a great dude. He's got a yeah. bunch of restaurants up in Boston. He's a super, super cool guy. Um, he's a he's a good friend of mine. I, I really I got a lot of respect for Jason. He works his butt off. So, um, but uh, but yeah, maybe we'll we'll head out to dinner if we can on th- on Thursday night before the uh, today show. And uh, dude, I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing you. It's been seven years. So I'm, I'm yeah, I love that. Sure. All right, brother. Thank yeah, you so much. Hey, do me a favor. Tell us one more time how we can get in contact with you, and uh, we'll go from there. So
0: it's Instagram and Twitter at. The kitchen gaily. That's daily with a G
1: Perfect. All right, brother. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, take care of that yeah, little thank space. Thank you Sorry. so much. This is great. So there we go, man. That's Michael Moons, uh, the kitchen gaily who, uh, like I said, you know, we just, that was like a nice little reconnect. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes in life you just meet cool people. And, uh, there was, there was a, a meme that was sent out years ago. It said, so let me get this straight. I just, I pick one person that I like and we get to hang out. Um, like I I'm a fan of that. I think that, um, one of the coolest parts about social media is the interaction, um, that everybody has and the way that we all kind of get to communicate, you know? Um, I love my relationships that I have with people that are online. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of people that through Twitter and Instagram and, you know, that we get to share our lives and, and people get to see inside of your life for what it is that you do. And, you know, a, a lot of time, is it bragging? I think in some cases it is a lot of people brag about what they do, but I also think that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for people to, to connect. Um, you know, this was a guy who I met on Twitter, um, and I saw it as an opportunity. He invited me to his his. Uh, I think he called it his coming out party for his blog. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'm out. Let's go." Got my girlfriend at the time. I got my brother, and we met in New York, and we had a great time. We had a blast. Um, and that was a friendship. And there's been a communication between he and I over the years through Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is. And look, you know, that's life. We're all human beings. And uh, we all have an opportunity to do fun things together and and experience different things. And if you're living inside of a bubble and if you don't like, uh, you know, if you don't like a Democrat or you don't like a Republican or you don't like a gay guy or, you know, then guess what? Fuck you. You're missing out on life. And if you're going to give people shit because of the way that they live their life, there's a problem with that. Um, take care of yourself and and live your life and realize that we all were put on this earth to do something. And it may not be the same exact thing that you're put on this earth to do, but you know, hey, we're put on this earth to do something. Let's go out and experience different things every day. Uh, you know, I try to do it with my girls all the time. I mean, you know, I took my daughter up to New York yesterday. I took her out of school. Uh, you know, popped her in the car. We drove up. She sat in a restaurant for an hour while I had a meeting. And then we immediately went over to Soho. We parked the car. Uh, We went and bought hats and went out to lunch. And, you know, then we went over to a studio and we went shopping and, you know, like experience as much as you can. I mean, shit, we got home at 1130 last night. I'm sick as a dog, but I can't let those times uh, go away just because of something like that. So um, excuse my sniffle. Uh, I want to thank you guys all so much for for hanging out with us today. Um, do me a favor and thank uh, check out some of the people that I get to hang out with. Um, I want you to look at Maggie Gagliardi uh, all the time. She's growing in uh, leaps and bounds on every single day. Uh, her her creativity is unmatched. She's the one who does all of our promo pieces for the show. Uh, RadioInfluence dot just does an amazing job with with dealing with my schedule and and. And their schedules and and coordinating all of these calls and uh, and everything. So thank you guys so much. I want to thank Michelle out there at Techno Solution for the website stuff and all that good stuff. Uh we got a couple of fun sponsors coming up in the next couple of months that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. Um, and we'll get around to that as well. So this sick voice is gonna go and chill out for a couple minutes because I got another interview for the next week coming on at twelve thirty. Uh thank you guys so much for hanging out on Duffified Live. I really appreciate it. Again, I apologize for this horrible voice. Take care, have a great week, and do me a favor, just go and be fucking nice to people. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Hey guys and gals, this is Ian Beckles. You may know me from my nine seasons in the NFL or from listening to me in sports radio for years. But now you get to see and hear the real me, uncensored me and also unfiltered as well, on my new podcast, Ian Beckles Flavoring Your Ear. What's flavoring your ear? I'll tell you what it is it's a whole lot of fun. Food, fashion, sports, sex, politics, and my personal adventures as well, and a whole lot more food. Make sure to check out Ian Beckles Flavor in Your Ear each Friday on
0: iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.